Hey, Happy New Year, everybody. Um, this is a podcast for Combo Courses, and today we're going to be talking about, uh, we've got some, a few questions that, that have been uh, asked of me. I've got a resume to go through, and uh, I want to talk to you guys about 2021 and what, uh, what I'm going to be studying this year um, as a focus for like certifications or just sharpening my skill set and some things that I would recommend that you kind of look at too because I think it's kind of looking forward five years ahead like what I think is going to happen as far as our industry is concerned cybersecurity or um, uh, data analysis and things like that and so let's get started so the first thing I want to talk to you guys about is some of the things that I'm going to study in 2021 the things that I think that um, are going to be relevant going forward in the future, and let me just switch my screen here to show you. The very first thing that I want to show you is uh, blockchain technology. This is uh, something I think that's going to be more and more re relevant. If you've been watching the news, you've been seeing cryptocurrency going off off the rails lately, and a lot of this technology, I mean, the money is based on blockchain and I don't think that this technology is going away It has all the hallmarks of what I saw with cloud computing many years ago and everybody kept talking talking about it and it just kept coming up over and over again it's really the same um, trends I'm seeing uh, where all these gigantic companies and all these or giant organizations are really kind of dipping their toe in the blockchain technology and very quickly what it is is a basically it's a digital ledger it's a distributed digital ledger that allows you to basically you, you can essentially um, you don't have to have a middleman it allows you to not have a middleman because there's something there's a Normally, if you like a with a bank, for example, a bank is a middleman to your money. Your your money is there. You have to go to the bank to get your money. But with a digital ledger, basically, essentially, your money is out there on the web and distrib. It's all over the place. It's distributed and encrypted, uh, so that you can access it. And it has, um, it's secure. It allows you to be anonymous, and um, and it's something. It validates it so that you can't. You people can't say that they didn't make that a payment or could or didn't get a payment. It's immutable. That's what that means. So the technology is emerging uh, slowly but surely, and and not just cryptocurrency, by the way, but also uh, for for things like logistics and even voting. Voting can be done with the blockchain. Many other uh, things that we use every day can be used with blockchain technology. And so that's why I'm going to be studying more on this, the, the, the actual technology behind it, you know, um, it, as opposed to just, you know, cryptocurrency for the sake of making money and investments and things. That's a whole separate issue. Blockchain itself does much more than just uh, money. And essentially, like what another thing that you should know about blockchain technology is that uh, let me see Oracle starting to use it um, Walmart is starting to use it and many many different uh, other organizations and governments are starting to kind of dip their toe in this technology and it looks a lot like what what cloud technology was looking like about 10 years ago all right another thing I'm going to be studying very heavily is cyber threat intelligence this is becoming much much more important to to anybody who does cybersecurity and as, what this is from a high level is it's if you have a customer 
if you have an org, you, you're in an organization, either one, and you're protecting someone's assets, their laptops, their servers, their information, their personnel, you're protecting their assets. Cyber threat intelligence is where you kind of do recon to see if anyone is looking into trying to break into those assets. And the way you would, one of the ways that you could do it is to have a cyber threat intelligence, uh, cyber threat intelligence system that goes out and checks the dark web, checks the the internet to see who's talking about your organization. Uh, does anybody have your the uh, IPs of your organization? Is anybody scanning your organization? So you're looking for where people are trying to get into your organization, kind of a preemptive. You're you're doing preemptive checks to see if there's anyone trying to get into your into your systems. This is going to be really, really more and more important as as technology becomes uh, even more important in our in all of our lives. If you looked at the recent gigantic hacks that are going on, state sponsored hacks are happening, and the one of the ways to to have some kind of defense against the state. Uh, funded uh, state-sponsored actors is to actually do cyber threat intelligence, see if anybody has been ca- kind of casing the joint, kind of scanning your, your network, scanning to see if you have any vulnerabilities out there. So cyber threat intelligence is something I'm going to really dive into this year. and That's going to start off with, uh, with uh, things like um, ethical hacking, and then I'm going to get into cyber threat intelligence because you kind of got to know a little bit about ethical hacking and hacking and stuff to actually know a deep have a deeper understanding of what threat intelligence is and another thing i'm going to dive into this year and i've kind of put it off way too long is cloud computing technology and this is something i talk about a lot on this on this channel and it, it's just getting more and more important like it's not going away it's just it's really become a centerpiece of all of our lives whether you whether you know it or not if you if you watch Netflix if you use Gmail if you use Hotmail <laughs> if you whatever you use like most of these gigantic technologies are using cloud technologies on the back end so it's just becoming more and more important and me as a cybersecurity person I need to know have a deeper understanding of what what that is all about. So those are the things that I'm going to study this year for 2021 and uh, possibly get certifications in some of these technologies. And, and, and actually, it's become a required couple. Two of those things on that list that I just mentioned <laughs> to you are, have become a requirement for the job that I work at that I have to I have to actually uh, get a certification in them. So this is uh, something that, that I'm definitely going to do. And I and I and I think that these tell those three things are bec- going to become more and more important in the next five to ten years. All right, let me uh, see if I got anything else. I see a few people watching me. If you guys have any questions, let me know. I'll give you guys time here if anybody wants to chime in. I've got a few people who've asked me questions and a few people who've asked me to actually look at their resume. So I'm going to actually do that. Let me see if I can find. A good one to look at here. The first one I'm going to look at is going to be from. I changed the names just so you know. 
changed the names and the, the addresses and everything on there, so there's no need to worry about that. I'm going to look at this resume right here. And what I like to do is I will get put my suggestions in there. Sometimes, you know, the resumes are so good, I don't really have much to say about it. But it's just like little tweaks and stuff of what I've done on my own personal resume to give them some to give them some extra juice, some Google juice on that resume. <laughs> and my my mindset is that I market myself. And so I encourage anybody, any of my students, anybody who follows me to do the same thing. You got to market yourself. It's very important in this day and age. There's just so many people and there's so many competitors out there for you. There's so many other eyeballs on other different resumes that you got to put yourself, you got to set yourself apart by advertising yourself, marketing yourself. Okay. So this is coming from Mike and he's in the DMV area. And he is uh, a senior assessment and authorization engineer. Okay. All right. Um, I've never heard that title before, but that's that's good. Um, if Just one suggestion I would make here is if you're, mar if you're looking for a different job, I would – one of the things that I do is I put some more uh, more common – a more common name out there. So this to me – sounds like it's uh and i could be wrong here but one of the things that he could do is say he's a security and i'm going to read through the resume this might change i would suggest i'll just say suggestion is to have the title of this be a security control assessor assessor and the reason why i would say that is because the security control assessor is a more common name for this for this type of work. But then I this might be something I've not I'm not familiar with, authorization engineer. But it, it's just not something I I've heard people use in my industry. So that's why I would I would recommend they do this. Now this is good. They put active top secret clearance. That's really that's excellent. Um you you definitely want to put any kind of clearances that you have here. Um, up top because that's a, a very marketable thing to have. Um, that, that immediately eliminates 80% of the people who are going to compete against you. So that's a very, very good thing to put on a resume. Uh, let me see. I'm going to read the top part of this qualification profile. This is pretty good to have like whenever you're marketing yourself um, because places like LinkedIn – will have an area where you can put stuff like this. But what I normally do is I take advantage of it by putting as many keywords as possible inside of this profile. You don't want it to just be flowery and sound good. You want it to, to hit them right in their teeth. You know what I mean? You want them to grab their attention immediately with a bunch of keywords. So I said concept and execution, con concept to execution, Focused, systematic, perfect. I would not put any of this stuff in here. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna suggest some things here. <laughs> I'm just gonna suggest some stuff. I'm gonna say, um, now I have to read there. What I'll do is I'll read through the resume. I'll come back and fix this up. But this is way too flowery for me. Like I would not, if I was reading this, I would just skip right by it. You know, because I want to know what they can do. Core competencies. These are good, but uh, another. Th thing that I do personally is I take this and I put it at the end. Any kind of listing, stuff like that, I put it I put it at the end. 
because uh, it will get picked up by the search engines. That's the reason why I do it. Uh, but but when I'm reading through it, I want to very quickly know uh, know what their education is because that's normally a showstopper or a show, you know, it gets the show on the road. They know, okay, this guy has a bachelor's degree. That's one of the requirements. He has a CISM certification. That's one of our requirements. So you want to, you know, very quickly uh, have all the main things up here. Now, this this dude, this dude's actually got a great resume here. He's got some great set of skills. So another thing I do is I would put your top certification right up top. Like this CISM, I would say, is his top certification. I would say I'll put it right up here. Not trying to brag or anything, but I'm a CISM. And uh, maybe even put the number in there. Because this is going to be guaranteed a requirement that's going to this, – this certification right here can replace things like CISSP and some other – Le uh, large level high sorry large high level security certifications that um, that he has and then the CASP is also a really good one but I think um, the CISM is uh, a better has a it's better is a higher level is more more people know about the CISM I should say okay so he's got an ethical hacker certification that's also a good one I would that's another one you might want to put up here as well. That's a very marketable certification. A lot of pen testers and hackers uh, really look down upon the CEH, but I'm telling you, it's very marketable because the, the corporations have not gotten the memo. The government and the corporations have not gotten the memo on on how bad this certification is. So it's very, still very marketable. Um, so, yeah, I would put that on top. Let's see. Security Plus, okay, and some other stuff. All right, let's keep going here. It's got um, cybersecurity professionals, Maryland. Oh, okay, affiliation. I'll put this at the bottom. We want to get to the meat. The meat is the, is the actual experience. So I'm going to take this. I'm going to put this at the bottom. This is a great resume, by the way. You know, this is right at this point. All I'm doing is putting my own suggestions in here, which which he can, you know, take it with a grain of salt like that. It, this he could leave it just how it is and it would still be fine because he's got so much good stuff in here the only thing i would highly highly recommend changing is this this right here because you want this to have impact and this to me expert at administering desktop printers and this is not a good impact this is not to, in my mind if i was reading this and i was trying to hire this guy i'd be like eh, whatever next you know i'm not trying to be mean or anything but just just keeping it real with you guys so that you guys don't do the same kind of stuff on your resume. You know, no flowers, just straight facts, uh, keywords, stuff like that. Okay, let's see. So job was at K-Force um, to current, all right, top secret clearance. Uh, let's see, ACAS, Splunk. Okay, this is actually really, really good stuff. Support all activities on um, as outlined in... It's 837, 137. It's okay. All right. Not seeing a lot of impact, but I'm seeing lots of great keywords. So that's good. Support all outlined in. Okay. Um, review and analyze A and A as assessment and authorization. Um, security controls, NIST overlays, um, experience using administrative. Uh, administration of EMAS, okay, 
so this guy sounds like he's like a is Iso, but I'm not I'm not really sure what because he names himself as a senior assessment authorization engineer. That sounds like an ISO. So another suggestion I would make is to possibly or use ISO information system security officer and I'll just tell them here that senior what I'm trying to get at is it's a senior assessment and authorization engineer is uncommon is an uncommon title is an uncommon title that's all I'm trying to say so you want to use like a common type. If you're going to put a title up here, it should be a title that people know about. And that also fuels your um, your Google juice, your keywords, you know. Cause the, and the thing, the reason why I emphasize on my courses and, and whenever I do these, these uh, resume suggestions, these are my suggestions. I'm sure other people have way better ideas than me. But these are just my suggestions. The reason why I focus so much on keywords is because that's really what a lot of employers and a lot of technical recruiters use is keywords. Re to technical recruiters in the HR department who's looking for jobs and stuff, typically they're not they're not a technical person in your field, you know? Every now and then a organization has the um, resources to cut some technical guys loose and say, hey, go look through all these resumes and screen some people and have them come in. But typically what happens is your resources, <laughs> your guys on the ground, you need them to actually do work. You don't, you don't, you don't want them to go looking through 100 resumes. You, know? you want them to be working on cloud stuff. You want them to be analyzing data. You want them to be doing their job. You're going to have – so that's why what organizations do is they have people who are not low-level workers. It's not the right term, but HR, um, a screener from a whole – a third-party organization, a third-party company. They say, okay, look, here's our requirements. Please look through these hundreds and hundreds of different resumes and see if you can find us some good picks. Just we got to make sure that they have us. In uh, uh, CISM, they have to be an information system security officer. And, and see, the thing is, when they say we want a system security officer, they're not going to know what a senior assessment and authorization engineer is. You know, is that does that make sense? So you want to use the same language that people are using. If everybody is using cybersecurity, I mean, the thing is, I've been through a few iterations of, of this. So first iteration when I went into security everybody called the information assurance like if you were doing risk management framework if you were doing certification and accreditation that's what they called it we were called either certification and accreditation engineers or we were called information assurance officers or we were called like this just you know it's just an odd that was like information assurance what what is that you know what they meant was security you're a security guy who does paperwork you know essentially <laughs> you're you're a compliance guy that would make more sense but then it evolved from information assurance to uh, what did they start calling it? It was information system security, then information assurance, and then they start calling it cyber cybersecurity engineer information. It just 
change, change, change. And now the DOD, I think they are calling it like cyber surety or something like that. I don't know. They keep changing the terminology, but you want to keep up with the terminology people are using in this industry. So that way you know what words to use for those HR guys or those screeners who are who's who are looking for all these resumes and they're looking for that one key word. They don't know what an information system security officer is. You know, all they know is that the employer said, "Hey, we want an information system an ISO, you know, make sure that that's you get this person." And so you got to use those keywords. Okay, I'm going to get off my um get off my soapbox here and I'm going to continue going through some of these. Yeah, Tony, I see your message here. Let me just finish this getting through this resume. It's, uh, this resume does not look bad, by the way. I've, I've seen some really bad resumes. If you've been watching these for a while, I've been through a couple who were, that were really bad. Um, this one's actually pretty good. It's got great keywords. My only main suggestion would be, I'd be really surprised if this doesn't get tons of offers. The, my only change would be to change this whole, this right here. This is just, this is just too much fluff. Like, I mean, just get to the what, okay, let me just give you an example of what I would write here. What I would do is I would say something like, because this guy has so much awesome skills. Let me just read through kind of what, what he's done before. Um, let me see. Uh, and now analyze vulnerability, vulnerability data, multiple sources using, using ACAS and Splunk. Um, so, okay, here's, here's what I would, would do. I don't know how many years of experience this person has, but I would start off with my years of experience. I would say, it looks like he has years of experience. Look, as a, as a security analyst, good Lord Jesus, what, what are you doing here? Like what I would, <laughs> I, I'm sorry guys, I'm, I'm just, I'm a little frustrated. Okay, well I would say, I would say X years of cyber security analyst work using tools such as Splunk, Splunk, Nessus, I don't know how to spell Nessus, so he's going to have to do a spell check, Nessus, he said ACAST, so that's Nessus, you want to use Nessus, that's a real good tool to have. Um, and, and uh, let's see, EMAS, wait, um, and a grasp of, uh, no, not grasp, we wanna, we wanna emphasize how much skill this guy has. Cybersecurity analysts work using tools such as eight years of experience or whatever years of experience. Analysts work using tools such as Splunk, Nessus, um, with okay and okay here we go we'll say and Nessus with a with with solid experience implementing risk management framework risk management framework and we want to get that keyword in there RMF let's say NIST 800 also keywords key phrases 
with solid. Okay, yeah. See, I would start off right. I would just want to hit them right in their mouth. I, I don't want them. When they see my resume, they're, they're going to stop reading all other resumes when I'm done. That's That's your goal. You want them to stop on your resume and not read another resume. Okay, so um, he, this dude got so much experience. Like, why is he saying all this fluff? That doesn't, oh my God, okay. So yeah, I would just hit him right in their mouth. Like, I. okay, then he wants to say, um, have, I have a active security clearance now you might be thinking bruce why are you saying clearance over he says it here already because we're using a different keyword so up here he said active top secret clearance right here we're saying active uh security clearance it's a there's a difference and we gotta spell it right by the way there's a difference because it's a different keyword so if somebody's looking for security clearance and they want you to have a uh, if they want you to have a security, a secret clearance instead of a top secret clearance, they'll still see that you have a clearance, period. They'll go, they'll be looking for a secret clearance and they find a guy with an active top secret clearance. You know what I mean? So we want to make the net as broad as possible. This dude's got so much incredible experience that I, I mean, there's a lot to choose from here. Um, I would put something like this in here. Um, okay. Okay, watch this. Watch this. So we want to put more about his inf information system security officer experience. So we want to put ISO with years of experience. See, see how I can't spell? <laughs> see, it's very important to do a spell check. <laughs> All right. Uh, experience. ISO with years of experience. Um, getting uh, authorization to operate and with four and four multiple uh, information systems. So I got a bunch of keywords in here. I got cybersecurity analyst. That's a keyword key phrase. We got Splunk. We got Nessus. We've got risk management framework. We've got NIST 800. We've got ATO. We, we just want to hit all the buttons. You know, we don't want fluff. We don't. Oh, bilingual. This is a good one, too. This is really, really good. And oh, by the way, I'm bilingual. Yeah, super powerful. Bilingual opens up a ton more jobs for you. If you know more than one language, any language, it's going to open up other jobs for you. So that's just something that, to keep in mind. All right, so that's it with that one. I mean, I hope that uh, that's helpful to whoever's watching this. Um, the idea behind this is to to get yourself in line with the market. That's the whole thing, and you need to to do that. You need to tell people who you are. You got to show people, hey, here I am. You know, that's what marketing is all about. So you want to market yourself. That's the whole. That's my whole thought process. Okay, Tony says, hey, bro, I have about seven years of compliance experience and I'm bored to say the least. <laughs> I want to move into uh, security engineering and architect roles. How do, uh, do you suggest I proceed? Wow, Tony, that's, that's um, 
I had the same experience. Like I I had been doing it for like, I don't know, 12 years or something. And I just got so bored with it. It wasn't a challenge anymore for me, you know. And I know that sounds ridiculous if you're getting paid, you know, and you're, you got a secure job. But you need some kind of a stimulation. I got into IT because I love technology, you know. And so I was doing this for like years and years and years, compliance. And, and I found myself losing my technicals because I had technical skills. And I started losing that because all I was doing was compliance stuff. So I know how you feel. So what I did was I, uh, I just jumped off a cliff, man. Like I, and I don't recommend this to anybody, but this is what I did. Uh, I took a job doing something that I was really excited about. I was looking for another position. I was in between jobs and I was looking for another position and somebody off had a job overseas to do, um, they actually it was risk management framework. I, I applied for that and I applied for another position they had for a, a, a system security analyst. So um, I applied for the system security analyst and I didn't, I, I kind of read about it and it was talking about like using SIMS and talked about using uh, tools like um, McAfee, EPO, and and um, IDSs and IPS. And I was excited. I'm like, oh man, this is so cool. I've never even some of the stuff I never even touched before. So I was really wanting to get into it. So what I did was I applied for that job as well as the risk management friend. I was fully expecting them to look at my resume for risk management and be like, okay, this is our risk management guy. They didn't do that. They um, chose me for cybersecurity. They looked at all of my old technical skills and they were like, okay, this guy right here, we, we really need somebody to do this work for cybersecurity analyst work. And they picked me up and they picked me up as a like a junior cybersecurity analyst where I was learning. You know, I wasn't like the guy, the main guy on the floor doing everything. I was like one of the people like learning different technologies and actually staring at a monitor, looking at the data coming in out of a network and analyzing. They taught me ArcSight. They taught me, which is a, a sim, kind of like Splunk, a little bit of Splunk. They taught us um, all these different tools. Man, I had a blast. I learned so much stuff. But I had to I had to learn like I was like I was fresh out of college. You know, I had to swallow my pride and I had to, you know, take, which I have no problem with. But I know that some older guys, especially if you've been in IT for cybersecurity or IT for a while, you know, some of us, you know, we've seen war zones and stuff, you know, so it's like, why is this kid telling me what to do? But I didn't feel that way. I was like a kid. I was like a little kid learning, you know, like a wide eyed little kid, like, oh, yeah, 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 you know, really getting into it. And, and then, you know, my work ethic kicked in and I learned everything I could. I absorbed as much information like a sponge. And so I would so that's what, you know, what you could do. You don't have to go to another country or anything like I did, like jump off a cliff or anything. But what you could do is just apply for a a junior level security engineering and architect role to get your beak wet, you know, to get started, you know. But keep in mind, like if you have seven years of experience, you know, you can't you can't come in the door with the chip on your shoulder like, oh, yeah, I already know that. I've done it for 15 years and throw your weight around. Or No, you got to be like a little kid, you know, and that's that's what I love about IT is that I'm learning so many things like you can 
like right now, if somebody, if I went to a firewall role, even though I've touched them before, I know how they work and stuff. I don't know how to configure a fire. I can't do that from scratch. You know, I, somebody would have to sit down and teach me like from they'd have to teach me from the ground up. Now, I'd learn very quickly because I have all this experience and all these other tools and stuff. But you I'd have to be open minded and learn what they're teaching me and not come in there like I know everything and not knowing, you know, I have to come in there like I'm an intern fresh out of college and I'm willing to learn from this person who's more than likely younger than me, you know. So, yeah, that's what I would do, Tony. I, I know how you feel. I felt the same thing many years ago, you know, and that path right there for the, in terms of my career was a great move because now I have so many other doors and opportunities that have opened up over the years and because I have this plethora of different experience that I can that I can pick from I'm I'm now a consultant like I can I can consult on all these different things I've I've touched so many different um technologies before and I don't have to actually be an expert on each one but I know the concepts so well that I'm able to say, okay, I know how this works with this, and I can look at data and say, okay, this is what I'm seeing here, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I would do if I was you, Tony. And actually, that's that's what I did in the past. So, and I know how you feel. All right, I got some other questions here that some folks have contacted me about, and I'm going to answer them. So let me show you guys what I'm seeing here. Let me show you what I'm seeing. All right, so I've got a a question from my man Sol Solomon H and he says um, I've received a contingent offer for wait 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 for a security control assessor position and I'm process I'm in the process of getting my clearance. I don't have a background in risk management framework or any cybersecurity compliance. Um, what advice can you give me? I'm relatively new to, in cybersecurity and only have one to two years experience as a, a system administrator. I know that my job will focus on security and privacy controls as I look over the as I look over the NIST 853 documentation, I've enrolled in your course, and so I can so I can better understand an overview of how risk management framework works. Um, is there anything else that you can help me with or give me any kind of guidance? Yeah, actually, I really can help with this. Um, I, I would say that um, if you happen to be watching this, Solomon, like as a System administrator, if you guys out there are system administrators, you should know, and especially if you're trying to go into cybersecurity, you should know that actually you have you have many years of security experience. So if you have set up a server before and had to put the patches on that server, that's security experience. If you've ever had to do some documentation on the system that you set up, you know, where you had to draw out a diagram, put that together and shop that around to the rest of the the guys on the on the staff, you've done, that's cybersecurity. That's that's a little taste of all of these different things are tastes of cybersecurity. If you've ever had to help the compliance guys out, you know, and those guys that contact you and say, "Hey, could you give me, could you give me a a blurb or some documentation about what what this security feature of the system is?" Guess what? That's you've actually assisted with cybersecurity compliance. If you've ever put a 
uh, secured software on the system. You put the software on there and then you had to update it. That's also cybersecurity because you're updating the patches that could have been exploited um, by a threat actor, you know. Um, so if you've ever put signatures on a system for antivirus, that's also cybersecurity. Um, if you've ever um, hardened a system, like where, okay, let's say that the, the there is a password protection on there, but it doesn't have upper and lower case and it doesn't have it doesn't have password complexity, but you had to go into the back end of the server and ensure that the whole organization is 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 enforcing uh, password complexity or enforcing uh, multi-factor authentication or enforcing uh, audit logs to in, be enabled for anybody who's failed a failed login attempts or anything. All of those things, if you are a system administrator, are Things that you could put on your, you should put on your resume as a cybersecurity person because you have done cybersecurity. In fact, you have, I would argue, you have done more cybersecurity than some who have quote, are quote unquote in cybersecurity who have not done any technical stuff and all they do is policy. Um, you've done more than them because you're 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 now be able to go deep in policy and deep in technical the technical side your skills are very much needed in this field now you said that you're going into security control assessments so this is security control assessors from my interactions with them and having done this myself um we that you need a team of people who can assess different aspects of an organization's uh systems what I mean by that is you're not just looking at documentation. You're not just looking at their security policy and saying, okay, looks like you've got uh, – you guys have a policy in place and it's been updated on this and that date. You're not just doing that. You're also ensuring that the organization is complying with their own security policies, and that means that you have to run thing, do things like run scans. You know, So you might have to polish up on your ability to run a Nessus scan or a – I don't know, name a name a scanner. And you might have to know a little bit more about that, but I'm sure you'll pick that up pretty fast being a system administrator. Um, so that's one thing. Um, yeah, learning the NIST 837, I would say, is, is another place to look. But if you're taking my course, um, that, that's going to walk. That's going to really touch on what you need to know for NIST 853 and, and NIST 837. It's going to really touch on those things. And, and there's perspective of an information system security officer. That course is actually really good for uh, for SEA, especially if you're new to that work. So uh, yeah, I hope that that helps. Um, that's a little bit of guidance for you if you're taking the course. If you if you happen to see this, this, um, this video, Salman, any questions you have whatsoever, I actually am currently doing assessments for different organizations. So I can I can help you out with that. Okay, I've got another question here, and somebody said, uh, um, oh, wait, wait, uh, Spade says, um, do you offer any mentoring uh, opportunities? Uh, can you remind us of how we could work with you concerning career guidance and resumes if possible? Yes. So, so Spades, I get this questions like weekly now. Um, I do not do mentoring because I have a full-time job and I really enjoy what I'm doing with teaching online. I, I really am getting into it. Um, I'm starting to meet other people. I'm learning stuff from other from other instructors. 
I'm really excited about it, so I want to spend my time doing that. But um, what I can do, if you're interested, is I've got a bunch of courses. Let me just kind of uh, show you what I'm talking about here. I've got a bunch of courses that you can sign up for. Some of this stuff is actually free. So what I do is, well, I put out a course and I give a portion of it, a portion of it free, and some are just completely free some from scratch. If you're learning this from the beginning and you want to get into cybersecurity, then this is a free course for you to shows you what to actually focus on. It's like six hours long, by the way. It's not. It didn't start off free, <laughs> uh, but I, I felt like it's time to help more people out that that really needed to get into this market. I've got something on resume marketing, like how I have been able to have a job. Uh, since I got out of the military. I mean, I've got so many opportunities all the time because of this method, method that I use. Some of which I teach for free on YouTube, by the way. Some of the stuff I tell you guys is, is in this course. But it's a breakdown. Let me just show you how extensive this is. There's many, many hours of content and shows you, and you can use it as a reference. You don't have to go through line by line on all this stuff, but um, shows you what I do to... Uh, have so much success in my career and, and continuously have offers from all different kinds of organizations and different industries related to cybersecurity. And then I've got a, a walkthrough of the risk management framework process from the perspective of an information system security officer. I've got a deeper dive into that of how to actually do the documentation piece and downloadable templates that you can use. And I'm sharing essentially my experience in this field so that you're not lost and you know where to go and how to upgrade yourself and how to make more income. You know, let's keep it real. Like this is about taking care of your family and taking care of your being, having some stability, financial stability. I'm talking about how I've been able to secure um, my life and my family using this career field. So that's what I'm talking about in there. And tons of it's free. So you should at least, you should sign up check out the free stuff if you like it now if you do sign up i do answer any of your questions you i'm going to set up communities there there's lots more to come in 2021 2022 2023 um plan to be around for a long time and and offering as much help as possible for people my wife's calling me sorry let me uh just turn that off real quick <laughs> uh okay so yeah um so yeah i do not do in mentoring just yet maybe I have a full-time job. I love my job. I love – I know that's a weird thing to say, but I'm really having fun, like, learning different things. And my when I'm at work, I'm, like, really at work. You know, I, I don't have time to do anything else. I'm really, really doing stuff, and I'm, I'm doing – I'm just learning so much. Um, I do have a Discord channel. If you have if, – if anytime you want to question, have questions, especially if you happen to be a member of the site, if you happen to be a paying member of the site, I'm going to – go out of my way to help you out you know and in, in very deep ways like um stuff that I, we wouldn't be able to share on here obviously you know uh if, if it's more personal or if it's more um related to specific things at your job then of course i'm not going to make a video about that you know so that's that's the kind of stuff that i do offer and those are things that i can do on the weekends like or when i'm off work and things like that you know and uh, there might be a time when i'm on lunch or something or just after work or whatever I'm, I'm off that day and i can call and we can have like a you know i've talked to my students before on the phone like we're just back and forth talking about stuff that's tailored to their 
to their uh, life. But as far as mentoring on a regular basis, I would take it extremely seriously. And I just I'm not ready. I don't have the time in the day to to dedicate to that to to that. Um, so, yeah. So that's where we're at with that. Um, let me see. Um, thank you guys for watching. Appreciate everybody. I got another question that someone asked me. They said, let me switch the screen here so you can see what I'm seeing. They said, hello, Bruce. I'm interested in becoming an information system security officer and was interested in your course and what guidance you can provide and on what courses on your site I should start with. I was using Daryl Gibson, but I, I think he's a real popular Security Plus trainer. But I know um, the 501 expires on July 21, 2021. What books should I get for the risk management framework for the CAP? Okay, so first of all, I am developing a cap course um, but that's not going to be out for a while now if you want to know what book that i would use right now for the cap course i can share that with you i'm going to bring that up real quick the one that i think is a really good one it's not cheap and i i mean it's it's so expensive i want to apologize for how expensive it is <laughs> but there's no uh real op, um alternatives to this book um that i've seen um, there's, I mean, there's just not a lot on the cap, you know, and that's why a lot of people follow me because there's that's not a lot of people talking about risk management framework, and this is one of the few books that uh, that are out there that I think are are worth your time. Um, I have this book, and it's and I've, I'm reading through it, and it's it's really good. I mean, as far as as far as taking the cap, it's really good. I don't believe it's super practical, but I think it's a good book for the actual test and when i say practical there's a difference between if you're an it guy you know this you, there's a difference between actually taking the test there's a difference between taking the test and doing the work and they're just two separate things so that book right there is really good for the official guide to the cap uh common body of knowledge is a good book for taking the test i mean because they're hitting all the objectives line by line they're hitting objectives so that's what you want in a good certification book um objectives if you didn't know typically what certifications i used to teach certifications um so what what certifications do is they they have different domains right each domain has a different category a, a broad category like for example cissp has i don't know seven categories i don't know if they should change i took it a long time ago so i apologize for my ignorance <laughs> in advance so um yeah and I, i'm a cissp but um the, it has say crypto uh, a crypto a cryptography uh, domain, and it has another one that that's related to security compliance. Right? Let's just use those as, as examples. So the cryptography one is going to have different objectives that it's going to hit. Like it's going to have different things that they expect you to know, right? And those objectives will be different from the the security compliance domain, which will have its own objectives that go deeper into the details of the concepts behind that domain. And when you take the test, what they do is they stick to those objectives. So if you know the objectives very well, 
you should be able to pass the test. And if you don't pass the test, you should be able to take it the second time and pass it. So, so yeah, that's a good book. And, um, and what was your other question, part of your question? That's the book that I would recommend um, for the cap. And then you said, was interested in your course and guidance. Okay, so for the course, for my course, I would recommend if you're trying to get become an ISO, the book is not going to be enough to become an ISO. And this is the reason why I did, I started doing this online stuff is because nobody's really teaching this. I mean, it's just, I guess if you, if you pay 3000 to somebody come out to your job and actually show you that way, yeah. But no, there's just not a lot of courses that tell you, give you a practical guidance on this stuff. But if you're going into it for the first time, I would highly recommend Risk Management Framework, Information System Security Officer Foundations, which tells you what you need to know uh, for for the course. I mean, not, not for CAP. It's not focused on CAP, but for the actual work, for ISO work. So if you want a free preview to see if this is worth your time, worth your money, then just go ahead and log in. Um, and it, this first part is free. So there you go. And then um, there's just lots and lots of stuff on each one of the categories of the risk management framework process. So yeah, it's it's good for somebody who's just starting out, who wants to learn this for the first time. And maybe you know, you're know you an IT person, but you're trying to get into risk management, but you're like, man, this, I'm reading through the NIST 837. It just doesn't make any sense. I'm speaking to you in plain English and translating. By the time you're done with the course, when you read through 853, when you read through risk management framework 37 you you're going to understand what they're saying they just use a certain language is is just very cumbersome you know i i myself after years of this have to reread sometimes i got to read it over and over again because the language is not they're not using everyday speak like we're talking right now you know it's just they use all this different these different words that you don't normally see and so you're having to reread it so yeah Okay, um, answered those two questions, and I got a few people talking to me. Let me see. Let me read a few of those, and somebody is messaging me. Let me just make sure that this is not something important real quick. Okay, all right. So it looks like I'm going to have to end this session pretty soon. <laughs> I got a honey-do list to attend to. Okay, I'm going to read through these as fast as I can, as fast as my dyslexic brain can allow me to process this information <laughs> okay says uh spade says i'm i'm maybe five months into my first industry position as a as a um tier one oh yeah tier one security operations center analyst i guess i'm not exactly entry level but i'm looking to make mo some more money um well, yeah, I would. So one of the things that I did looking for a junior security analyst role. Oh, OK. So one of the things that I did that immediately made me more valuable and is uh, there's certain certifications. Now, one of my courses actually talks about this. But I can mention a couple right now. There's certain certifications that lend themselves to making more money, like just off the top of my head, a CISSP certification 
Um, and then there's certain skills. Um, certain skills. Um, well, actually, let me name a couple other certifications. Any kind of professional level certification is going to is going to get you more money. CISSP, the CASP, CISM, CISA, CCNP. Those are our professional level certifications. Entry level security certifications would be like Security Plus, um, and there's a few other ones. But um, so okay, so those are certifications. Uh, and then for skills, if you're in a sock, that would be seams. Like if you know uh, Splunk, if you know uh, ArcSight's not as hot anymore, but Splunk is super hot. Uh, if you know some of the IDSs and IPSs, if you if you're deep in the firewalls, uh, if you can configure them, hot. Um, if you're if Palo Alto is a hot one, um, but if you're it's, it's security analyst work so you're looking at more stuff that's looking at logs um mcafee products nessus is is a good one um but the top ones right now that's still on fire would be uh splunk yeah splunk and then another hot one like it's getting more hot i would say would be cyber security uh cyber security threat intelligence stuff is getting pretty hot um Cloud computing, if you know that one, like more and more organizations are using it. So they need people who know some of the vulnerabilities of cloud technology. What what kind of gotchas that organizations fall into is another good thing to know. So those skill sets are immediately get you in another bracket of pay. You know, I have to warn you, though, once you get to the another bracket of pay, you got to deal with the IRS, but that's a whole nother conversation. Okay, JJ says, um, I got hit up for a cybersecurity risk management framework engineer, long-term remote W-2 contract position. I have no experience with the risk management framework. I'm guessing I got hit up because of my cybersecurity experience clearance tips and tricks. Do I have any tips and tricks for this? Um, you Okay, do you said I have no risk management framework? Okay, so if you ha don't have any experience in it, uh, yeah, that's gonna be I. You know, if you want the job, I would I would talk to him about um, taking you on as a as somebody who's learning it. Um, just be honest with them and say no, I don't have experience with this, but I do have risk. I do have cybersecurity knowledge, and I have read through. Uh, the risk management framework 853. I've read through 837. I'm familiar with it. I've worked with um, with compliance officers before. I've worked with information system security officers before. I've worked with security assessors before. Whichever one of those is true for you. If none of them are true, of course, don't say that. But <laughs> if you, so the thing is, if you if you have experience in cybersecurity. You have an advantage in that you you know the basic concept of of security, which is to protect the CIA, right? Protect the confidentiality, integrity, and availability. You can just tell them you have a very strong foundation. Explain to them that you have a very found strong foundation in your respective cybersecurity role, and then build from there. So if you have a solid skill set in cybersecurity. Even if you're a system administrator, just what you need to do is dig into your archives of all the times you've done implementation of security features on a system. 
I guarantee you have a solid set of skills, right? So with those skills, you want to tell them, hey, I know how to secure systems. I know what to look for. And by the way, I know the risk management framework process. I've not done it before, but I know it. Now, if you don't know it, go learn it. You know, I have a course that you can go through, check that out. But you can add, to be honest with you, you can probably just Google it and read through the Risk Management Framework 837. I would highly recommend my course because I'm telling you exactly what you're going to see and what they're going to say to you and what they're expecting. Um, so, and I'd be willing to help you out. So just keep those kind of things in mind. Tips and tricks. Number one. Build on what you already know as a cybersecurity person. You know confidentiality, integrity, availability. You've secured systems before. More than likely you've worked with assessors and auditors before. More than likely you've worked with compliance people before. You've done documentation before. You want to highlight all of those skills that you already have and then tell them, hey, another um, tip is to learn the risk management framework process. Learn it. Buy my course. Go ahead and learn. Read through it. Uh, watch all the videos. You'll get a solid understanding of what the foundations of risk management framework are. Okay, I'm going to move on to the next thing. Um, I'm a paid member as the first as a first timer. How do I get a job? Because most of the jobs are looking for five years of experience. So one of the things that I would highly recommend, Kabi, is to look for entry level positions. Okay, um, entry level positions. You got to start somewhere. And that start is entry level. Okay, so let me just show you what I mean by that. It's very simple. If you go, if you can follow along with me if you want, go to indeed.com. This is just one site, by the way. I use this one all the time because it's just it's just so vanilla. It's so vanilla and so easy to understand and so straightforward that I just feel like it's a really good teaching tool. Okay, so first off, here I am in indeed, indeed.com. You're gonna follow along with me. Okay. Put your location wherever you're from. Wherever you're from, put that in there. Next thing, put, uh, there's a couple things you can do here. You can put ISO. There's a ton of keywords you can use to, for this job. ISO, uh, entry level. None in, in this area. So, okay, let me search somewhere all over the United States. Wow, it's just really going to town here. All right, so look at this. Information system security officer, work. Most of the jobs, if you happen to be on the East Coast, you should know that um, you guys have all the jobs. <laughs> you guys have like 70% of all the risk management framework jobs. I'm not even messing around with you. But um, yeah, so you notice how all of these are Virginia. You can find a job, especially if you have a clearance. There's a couple of things that you have. You may have an advantage. If you happen to live on the East Coast, you have an advantage. If you happen to have a security clearance, watch this. If I put security uh, clearance, you have a security clearance you have an advantage because sometimes they're looking for a person with a security clearance and they're they just get desperate because there's just not that many people who have it so they'll actually um, pull you in and teach you if you have this now if you don't have a security clearance another thing is you got you could be eligible for a security clearance so um, eligible means you're you are a, um, a US citizen <clears throat> Eligi eligible. I cannot spell what the damn. Eligible. <laughs> My first and only language, and I can't spell. Um, eligible. Yeah. Now, all I did was type in eligible. 
and um, and they it immediately knows I'm looking for eligible active do oh wait no I'm looking for eligible uh, security eligible for security clearance is what I'm looking for but it's coming up with active duty so okay but a bunch of ISO stuff came up eligible security clearance is what I'm looking for eligible security officer now these are physical security roles okay here we go principal principal means like you're a boss so you don't want that information security specialist in an airport that's physical security okay this is mixing a bunch of stuff up here eligible security clearance yeah here we go so if you're if you're eligible for security clearance if this is another um, another thing that's going to make it so that you have a better chance of getting a job the best thing you can have of course I'm not even gonna, I'm not going to BS you is is experience there's no replacement for it but how do you get experience if you don't have it so you got to go to entry-level positions now if you have zero if you have no IT experience that is different if you have some listen let me just be very frank with you if you have some IT experience meaning you are a system administrator you worked on databases you worked on cryptography you worked on you have some IT experience you worked on workstations whatever you you have a very good chance of getting in, into risk management framework okay you have a very good chance if you have zero IT experience, meaning you've never held a role at a company or a university or a private or, or, a, or a government or anywhere, that is different. That is different. And the reason why is because risk management framework and security is typically not entry level. It's not like literally walk in the door and start flipping burgers. Okay, that's not that. This is not that kind of a job. There's too much stuff at stake. There's too much trust that's involved. There's there's just you're going to be trusted with other people's information and assets. You're going to be entrusted to know the secrets of that organization. Where the, where the where the vulnerabilities are. You're going to know where they are. They have to trust you. So for that they need a professional who has something to lose. All right. That's why cybersecurity is typically not an entry level position. I mean, I'm sure somebody out there right now is watching this saying, Bruce, what are you talking about? I'm an entry level. I, I'm, I'm walking off the street and I'm a cybersecurity person. OK, that's fine. But I'm just telling you, typically, it's not something you walk off the street and you can do this. That's don't lose hope. OK, if you don't have IT experience, if you don't, if you've never done any of this stuff before, there's a couple things you can do. People contact me all the time. And what the last the last time I did a, a couple weeks ago, somebody, an educator contacted me and she said, hey, Bruce, like I really want to get into IT. I want to be getting a risk management framework. I like what you're saying. It sounds cool to me. I want to do it. She's an educator. She had a master's degree in education. She has very little or no IT skills. And I said, hey, you might want to consider becoming a program manager okay program managers work with IT they and in some cases they have to know our they got to know what we're talking about they have to know some of our jargon they don't have to know how to configure a server they don't have to, they don't have to know how to stand up a Linux box they don't have to know how to reduce threats on a 
on a weapon system. You know what I mean? They don't have to do all that. But what they do have to do um, is they have to have a certain level of maturity to manage a project. And they have to have a certain level of um, technical know-how with things like Office. You know, so so those are some of the things that you would what I would suggest if you are trying to get in a high paying, very high skilled, high paying job in IT. One of the things you can do is get a parallel job, which is a project manager position. It pays six figures, by the way. Okay, it's it's not a joke. It's no joke. Program management is no joke. You you, you can actually. Even without an IT experience, you can get in there and you can make upwards of six figures. Look it up. Look it up. It's a it's a damn good job. Um, so yeah, number one, if you don't have any IT experience at all, you got to get IT experience. You got you have to. Whether you're volunteering at your church, volunteering at your job, if let's say you're you're a system administrator, uh, you're a not system administrator, you're an HR, you're in the HR department, right? You work with people's W twos and stuff. You want to get in IT, but you don't know what to do. You don't want to do a program management work. You don't want to do that. You want to do IT. Okay, well then you got to start from the bottom. Imagine somebody walking in your job, in your profession, off the streets, not knowing anything and wanting the keys to the castle. Okay, with cybersecurity, that's what we're talking about. So you you got to you, if you have no experience, you got to get it. That means you got to go to help desk. Help desk entry level position is what I would suggest if you have zero IT experience but you want to get technical. Yes, go into try to entry level positions, volunteer, do it for free. Cuz that work that you're going to put in for free, fixing somebody's laptops at some corporation, is not indentured servitude. It's credit that you're building up. Experience. It's experience you're slowly building up and putting on your resume. Building up experience, putting it on your resume. Then that will allow you to level up to another job, a, a higher level IT job. You do that, by the way, while you're working on your Security Plus while you're working on your A-plus certification, an entry-level position with an entry-level certification, then once you have those things, now we're talking about months and years worth of work. This is hard work. This is not something you walk off the street and then suddenly you do it. People are going to entrust. Think, imagine your bank, okay? If you don't think it's fair, just imagine your bank, whatever, wherever you bank. In the back, they have a security person who, who, a cybersecurity person who has no experience, but they know where all the they know where all the vulnerabilities of the bank are. They know um, where the threats. They don't even know what threats are. They don't know what threats are, but they know there's vulnerabilities. So they ran the scan. Do you want that person at your bank as a cybersecurity person who doesn't know what they're doing, who has no experience with IT? No, you don't. So I. When you're talking about cybersecurity, you're talking about somebody who's entrusted with the keys to the castle. They have to have something at stake, and that means you have to put in the work. As an IT, as you, from me to you, if you're an IT professional, if you're trying to get in cybersecurity, like we ha- we're entrusted with something with a lot of information, you know. So you have to have something. You have to have some skin in the game. That means time. That means you you invested your own time and money to get to the skill set and the skill level that you're at. And you're not willing to risk it by 
making a mistake or doing something stupid. I mean, everybody makes mistakes, but as you get to learn how to troubleshoot, as you get to learn how these systems work, how to do backups, you you begin to learn how to manage your own risk for your own profession. You manage the risk to yourself and ran, manage the risk to your organization and the risk to the organization's information. I hope I hope that makes sense to everybody out there listening. Um, let me see. Um, and I'm gonna I got to do a couple guys. I, I got to get going here. Uh, I apologize for cutting this one short, but um, s- let me see. Can you get a ISO job with a green card as a green card holder? Um, that is that's a good question. Um, yes, you you can. However, um. There, well, not maybe not an ISO. It's going to be harder to get an ISO job, okay? But let me show you. Let me show you my screen here. Let me show you how you can get a compliance job, a security compliance job, with a green card. So there are security, cybersecurity jobs um, that have a public trust, public trust clearance. It's a type of clearance, public trust clearance. The type of clearance that doesn't require you to be a U.S. citizen, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, well, let me see. Let me try this one here. And usually they'll say, hey, you must be a U.S. citizen. They'll tell you right on there. Um, this one might not be, and it's not giving me that information. So this is a public trust, I think. But it's not. Okay. How about this? Let's do this. Let's just be straightforward here let's just say watch this cyber security um green card green card they usually put gc as green card by the way let's see cloud strike let's look let's look at this one it will say in here yep there you go right there see this that's the keyword right there see it says green card for clearance U.S. citizen or green card green card for clearance. There you go. That's what you want to look for when you're looking for positions. Now, do they do this for ISOs? Let's see. Let's just type in ISO. I don't. I've not seen a lot of green card holders be ISOs, but I could be wrong. Senior chemist, 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 chemist. See that? See like ISO usually usually an ISO is working for a high level government agency. And they require that you be a U.S. citizen, so that's why you know I just don't. I, off the top of my head, I don't know of any ISOs, but I know that there's actually I take that back. So there's some corporations. Uh, there's some corporations who do ISO work, and they will hire a green card holder. But what I would do if I were you is I would just. Senior Associate Cyber Risk. See, I'm currently working in an organization that uh, we have people from all over the world working with us. So I know for sure you can do cybersecurity, cyber risk in the U.S. Uh, without being without being a U.S. citizen. I mean, I know several people who that work on our team who are in that exact position. But are they ISOs? 
uh, we're not doing um, those kinds of we're not doing DOD type stuff so let me see here I'm looking for did I just pass it yeah it's in here must be a US citizen or a green car holder um, and most of these are going to be must be a US citizen or a green car holder jobs yeah, I mean, we, we couldn't find an ISO position that's green card, but you can find one. All right, guys, I have to I have to go. I got to get going here. Um, thank you so much for watching me. If you have any other questions, if you look in the description below, there'll be a place where you can actually join me all times of the day on holidays and weekends and stuff uh, on Discord. If you have any kind of questions, I'll answer them when I can. Also, you can always you can always email me. Um, it's at cyberaware2020 at gmail.com. And we can talk. We can talk about any any kind. And I'll actually make a video sometimes about people ask me really great questions that I think can help many people. And you'd be surprised. Sometimes people ask me a question, but several other people ask me that exact same question. So I know it's something that is relevant, and I know it's something that needs to be addressed. So then I'll just go ahead and make a whole video about it. So. All right, guys, thank you for all your questions. Thanks a lot, uh, Kabi. If I didn't answer your question, please answer. ask me on Discord in the link in the description below. Um, uh, Spades, thank you so much for that. I hope that's how you pronounce your name. Uh, Marcus, thank you for your comments. I did not get to your comments, but uh, um, let me, what I'll do is I will copy this and use this for another time, another video. Thank you guys so much for watching. Join me on Discord if you have any, if you have a pressing question, and we will talk 